Welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ian McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about Omicron and its impact on interest rates. That's right. So we have just gone to red in the traffic light system here in New Zealand. So what is the impact on interest rates? What is the impact on the real estate industry? Now, this comes from a listener of the show who tunes in on YouTube who said, is this going to have an effect, if at all? Now, I'm going to start with interest rates, and then Andrew, you talk more about the building industry. Now, it's quite tempting to think, well, when we've had COVID in the past, when we've had outbreaks, interest rates have fallen. So you might think, well, we're going to continue to see that in the future. And my view of this is, well, probably not, because there's a lot that's different now compared to back in March 2020, when we first went into a lockdown. So there are two main things that are different. One is that the economic environment is much more certain than it was back in March 2020 where we didn't know what would happen. But the second thing that is significantly different is the lack of demand side changes. So when we went into lockdowns, both in March 2020 and every lockdown we've had since, because people weren't able to go out and transact and go to cafes and bars and do all of the usual things you can do, the demand in the economy significantly decreased because we couldn't go and do those things. We were stuck at home, so we were saving or we were buying things online like Netflix subscriptions, which doesn't go into the New Zealand economy. We don't have that this time. We have still got the ability to go out and purchase and go to work and go down to restaurants if we so choose to do so. So we're not going to see the demand in the economy shrink in the same way that we saw with all of the previous outbreaks, which eventually turned into lockdowns because we're not expecting to see lockdowns under the specific outbreak. So what had happened previously is the Reserve Bank would cut interest rates in order to stimulate demand. So if we're seeing a whole heap of demand decrease in the economy because we can't go out and do things, let's cut interest rates. That will encourage either investors or homeowners to go out and borrow more, which we all see because we all went out and bought spas. I didn't personally, but I know you did. <laughs> yeah. Sitting at home. And actually you did, Andrew. Well, actually, no, that was a pre-COVID. Well, no, it was between COVIDs. But while interest rates decrease, you went out and spent more, you increased demand. Now, because we aren't going to see lockdowns, we're not going to see the decrease in demand, so we're not necessarily going to need that stimulus coming from lower interest rates. The second thing that's different is that under this outbreak, something's going to be different. Supply is going to be a lot harder because if more people are sick, if fewer people are able to work, then we're going to see supply pressure. So we might still have demand, but businesses aren't able to meet that because they don't have enough staff on, for instance. Now, because of that, what are we going to see? Well, if we're seeing tight supply and the same amount of demand, we're going to see potentially price rises, or at the very least, we're going to see businesses not put on sales, because why would you put on a sale if you can sell things at full price and you're not able to restock the shelves in <laughs> Tell time? Tell that to <laughs> This is true. But because of that, you're likely to see some amount of inflation. Now, what happens when we see inflation of 6%? The Reserve Bank puts interest rates up. Now, because of that, I think, if anything, an Omicron outbreak tends towards an increase in interest rates as opposed to a decrease. Now, I don't actually necessarily think we're going to see that, and that's for two very, very nerdy reasons. The first thing is that the Reserve Bank will look at any inflation that's caused by an Omicron outbreak and say, well, that's not ongoing. Mm. That's not going to continue into the future. And the Reserve Bank only change interest rates about medium-term inflation, not short-term inflation. So I don't think we are going to see interest rates increase because of that. The second thing is let's say that we only see people cancel their sales. 
Now, the way that inflation is actually measured is not based on the sale price. It is measured on the sticker price, the full price. Really? That's right. How do they collect their data? They send people into shops. Really? Physically yeah. go into shops? Yeah, to find out what the price is. Oh, really? Find out what the, what the margarine is. Interesting. Well, that's assuming nothing's changed since I went to university, <laughs> Andrew. But back when I was taught economics, see, it's quite interesting. They weren't taking into account sales and they were only basing it on full price and they would send people into shops in order to calculate the consumer price index to find out what people were actually paying. So they'd have to go to the same store because we had this great debate in the office recently about the price of a block of cheese. It might have been on this twelve fifty. Twelve fifty. Twelve fifty. It was, yeah. But, but and you got was, it wrong, didn't you? Well, you and I, I were was equally more right. wrong. <laughs> I don't remember By that. By one cent, Ed. Was I more right? By one cent, yes. Oh, well, I was right. See, <laughs> you didn't even know you were right. You just said you were right like you always do. So because I don't, getting back to it, so because of that, I actually think it's going to have a very negligible impact on interest rates or at least a negligible impact on what the Reserve Bank ends up doing. So my now, next question before you go on is how do they separate out what they expect is like a short-term inflation due to something like COVID and what's normal inflation? Well, what the Reserve Bank will often do is they have a survey of inflation expectations. Okay. So what they do is they go out and they ask banks and other market participants, mm. which is basically just a word for other people who I don't actually know <laughs> of, because I haven't looked closely at the details because you've asked you me this. using the word participants in answers that you just don't know the answer to. <laughs> and so what they do is they ask people what the inflation expectations are, and if it's a bit on the high side, they put interest rates up. But it's over the medium term. Okay. Now, that's the impact on interest rates. So you might be a bit disappointed because it's a bit of a null hypothesis. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a bit of a no impact. But there will be an impact on the real estate industry. Absolutely. So actually, funnily enough, I had a lunch with a relatively large developer from New Zealand today, and we were talking about this because what they're seeing is they're seeing the big sick. Lots of people off work and or... They're already seeing this. Well, they're, they're expecting they're it. They're expecting it. And what they're having to do at the moment is kind of have extra staff in place to kind of combat the fact that they expect there to be people sick. And so, for example, one of our team today got back from having a weekend hens night in Nelson, and Nelson's a location of interest. So, Stevie. So now Stevie's working from home. So there's going to be a whole lot of this. And then, of course, if you are a close contact, I believe, or this is what the developer that I was at lunch with today said, that they're actually making the time that you need to self-isolate if you're a close contact 21 days. So that would impact people who need to physically be in their workplace in order to be able to conduct the service. Which is so many people. So if you're a builder on a building site, that's you. But also, what if you're the person who's supplying the roof, right? And there's a factory full of workers and they're putting together the roof and then their whole factory is already bursting at the seams in terms of trying to get things out. Now, of course, they're two weeks off work or three weeks off work because they have to go and self-isolate. And I think the important thing there is it may not just be people getting sick. It's people who have to isolate because you don't know if you've got it yet. Absolutely, because that incubation period is where they're adding that on because it takes so many days now to actually identify that you've got the virus. Yeah, and actually really good example of that, narrow escape from me. As I was coming mm. down to Christchurch to record this episode, of course, the Omicron outbreak had just been announced a couple of hours before. Then Kelly, my partner, sends me a link to the New Zealand Herald, which says, were you at the airport at this time? If yes, you've got to isolate. Now I look at it, 4.15 to 5pm on a, a particular Sunday, 
Yes, I was there. I had the 5pm flight. Now, you're all probably wondering, why are you down in Christchurch yet if you're meant to be isolated in the studio <laughs> with Andrew? Good question. Well, luckily, very narrow escape had to be at the regional part of the airport, and luckily I was on the other side. But what was interesting is, how many people do you think within that 45-minute period were at Auckland Regional Airport? Do you know the number? Yes. I'm going to guess a uh, 1,000. 1,215. Oh, I love it when I get it so close and it makes your face pucker up. <laughs> so you've now got 1,200-odd people who now need to isolate. And potentially their families might need to as well. If they've got flu-like symptoms, the people aren't going to go to work who live with them, right? The point here isn't to scare everybody. The point is just to note that we can have supply chain issues even if a whole heap of people aren't necessarily getting sick, but there are exposure events that cause people to isolate and be absent from their jobs, which is totally understandable that they would have to do that. But from a building industry standpoint, that's going to have flow-on effects. Now, what did the developer in that case, how worried were they that they think it's a certainty that their projects are going to be delayed? And their kind of expectations is around three months, but they're going to, of course, by their contract, allow themselves six months because, of course, their funders will want some wiggle room if there's further delay. So they're going to say six months, maybe in a sunset clause, three months in terms of extra interest that they're going to have to budget into their visibility when they're looking at whether or not a project works or not. The other part to this is actually getting building materials, which we've spoken about. But if you're a DIYer or you're someone who does renovations and flips or renovations at the birth strategy and hold like Ilsa, you might find it hard to not only get tradies, but also to get the product that you need to actually do the work or, or even like as simple as I went into, believe it or not, I went into Mitre 10 about three times over the break. Unfortunately, two of those trips were because I didn't get the right screws and did some stuff around home. And it was interesting. I always thought you were a screw up. <laughs> I had a screw loose. And then I was amazed at screw up. Is that the best you could do? It was amazing seeing empty shelves around there. And one of the girls on the checkout said they were really struggling to get certain products. And it might not just be the fact that Bunnings doesn't have enough staff to restock Mitre the 10. shelves. No, I was giving you another example. Thank oh. you, Andrew. But it could also be if there aren't, say, enough port workers who are available to unload ships because we've got to import a whole heap of stuff here in New Zealand. Absolutely. I think there's massive delays in just that. Well, judging on the um, parcels that arrive at my doorstep for Lauren and the fact that she says I ordered that six months ago, there must be delays. And so what's the key message here for people is that, if, again, if you are an investor who is doing renovations – Backups, always looking for backups. So if you've got a tradie to do something or you've got a tradie who you love to send all your work to, it might pay to have a backup provider that you could then contact, especially if you're used to dealing with smaller businesses that might have fewer staff. So it might pay to get a couple of backups there. Similarly, if you know that you're going to need to purchase renovation materials, if they're available, it's probably better to purchase them. Again, I'm not saying people should hoard things. You don't want to be a resin paint hoarder, but <laughs> it might pay to just plan things out so that you're able to conduct your renovations on time. Similarly, just a reminder about sunset clauses for anybody purchasing new. If you're negotiating a new contract, just making sure that those are favourable to you. And of course, talking about this with your lawyer. Hey, look, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the best chance to people. And hey, if you're going to be isolating... 
Come along to our Weber Hut on the 8th of February, Tuesday 8th <laughs> of February. If not. Well, if you're not isolating as well, but either way. Either way. We're going to be talking all about new builds. So because the regulations have changed so much to favour new builds, we're going to deep dive on how do you find the right developer? How do you make sure you've got the right clauses in your contract? And how do you go about finding that right new build property for you? If you want to come along to that, again, Tuesday the 8th of February at 7pm. I'll drop a link to that in the show notes. So tap or swipe over the cover art. There'll be a link in there or just go to opuspartners.co.nz you'll be able to sign up thanks for listening to the property academy podcast i'm your host Ed McKnight. and i'm andrew nickel and we're gonna be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the new zealand property market until next time 